0: Hello, brothers and sisters, Pastor Jason here. Uh, so excited to be back with you on this, here on this episode. And I was thinking about going on with the feast that I'd been talking about and, you know, the Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles and going on to the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But I thought I would take just a break here, considering some of the times we're in. And, you know, at this time, uh, what's going on on March the 16th now? here in america is a mass hysteria with the coronavirus and the things that are happening and i really think this gives us an opportunity anytime we go through a struggle or something difficult uh i would call it one of the most uh, bizarre changing places that i've seen um you know comparable uh to some of the great uh, horrible things that's happened to our nation as uh that it really brings us back to just a, just an untrying and uncertain time And when we're in uncertain times, I think it's important that we remember that we do have a goal, that we do have a purpose, and that that purpose is stated in Scripture. And what I want to talk about today is what Paul found to be purpose in trying times. What Paul found to be purpose when, you know, I believe he doubted uh, just like we do. I know that he did because he wrote about doubting, but Paul here writes to the Philippians, and this is important. What Paul writes, and, and and I want to start a little bit before we get to the goal that Paul has, because I think we can learn where he's going, the flow of his thought, of where he at is, is in at in Philippians chapter three. And it says, "Watch out for dogs, watch out for the evil workers, watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, the ones who worship by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh." So he's saying. If you're going to boast in something, boast in what God's done or in Christ, but don't boast in what we've done. And we all know that as Christians. But then verse four says, although I have reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew, born of Hebrews, regarding the law of Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. So he says, if anybody wants to boast, first of all, as we lay this foundation of the goal that we're getting to that Paul has, he says, if anyone should boast, I can boast because I've done some real good things here. I mean, he's a big deal, right? And so that's what Paul's saying, but he says in verse seven, he says, but everything that was gained to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. So he said, all the pride, all the stuff I thought I could do, First of all, I have to put it at the foot of the cross and say that I could do nothing. You know, what Paul's also said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. But he says, I have to consider everything of profit and in and, and our own. Un- trying times in our trying times today excuse me in our uncertain times today there's one thing that we need to do to keep focus and that is remember everything that we can conglomerate everything that we can try to put together everything that we try to obstruct or try to build everything i can count it as loss Because of Christ, and when when I say that I'm not, there's nothing wrong with having things or doing things, but it's important that we don't get overexcited about the things that we can produce, but we get excited about what God's produced. And let's read on. More than that, I also considered everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And I'm reading out of the CSB version. And it's something that I read. I love the King James version. I love a lot of different versions, but it's just, it just flows better. And I don't have to stop and explain the words because of him. I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God. God based on faith. So he says, I don't have any righteousness or anything I can attain. But he says, I want you to know that what I do have, my righteousness is from God based on faith and the work he did on the cross. That's the work that Christ did. He did the whole thing on the cross. He completed all of what needed to be done on the cross and we trust in his righteousness. And here's where he gets to his goal, verse 10. My goal is to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings that's a goal now now listen if you're going to set a goal, now this, if you, if you look at the world's goals and winning the races and getting the millions of dollars or doing whatever you do, or being a good old boy and patting yourself on the back and being the, the perfect guy at the workplace or perfect girl at the workplace or whatever it is. I don't think that would line up with the popular. If you, if you, if you let everyone choose what their goals would be, I think it might be the last straw that you might pick out of the bucket that you might say, oh, okay, you, it would seem like you got the shortest straw if you said this, because he says this, my goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Now, I don't think I would choose suffering. I mean, I might choose uh, you know, iced tea and and a beach and my sandals and flip-flops and the cool breeze blowing through my hair. Uh, whatever it is, you know, I might choose a vacation, uh, you know, I might choose, you know, a month off paid, you know, with no responsibility, but I don't know that every day now, now I want to be more spiritual and I know I need to do better, but I don't think as Paul, see, Paul wrote this from prison. In Rome. So he's been in prison. He has some special privileges. He's gained a lot of, of friends there and a, and a lot of uh, pull there, but he's still a prisoner for two years. So he's in chains in prison, but he says, But my goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, to be conformed unto his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from. Among the dead. And I thought, isn't it interesting now? All that we hear is everyone, make sure you know, make sure you know, make sure you know, you know, you know, you know. But what does he say? He says that somehow I'll reach the resurrection among the dead. So he says, I'm still working towards something that I began. I couldn't attain it through the law. I couldn't attain it through good deeds. I couldn't attain it through doing all the right things. He says, but I attain it through faith in him, but then assuming. When I do this, I will reach the resurrection from among the dead. So he has an assumption that he will reach it, but he's still reaching. He's not stopped. And I thought it was interesting. Spurgeon's put this in his notes. You know, Paul was still reaching until the day that he died. Paul was reaching. In verse 12, it says, now that I have already reached the goal, or I'm already perfect, but make every effort to take hold of it. So he says, now that I'm reaching, now I've reached the goal. He says, now that I know that I've attained Christ, now that I have salvation, or I'm already perfect in salvation because trusting in Christ through him, he says, I'm perfect. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm perfect because of the faith in his work. He smiles on me. Then he says, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I've been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. So he's reaching to try to have a goal, to have fellowship of his sufferings, to suffer with Christ in prison and being conformed to his death. So, Paul's not saying, let me live more and be more spiritual, but he's saying, let me die more. I think in these uncertain times, we're trying to grasp for things to get a hold of. We're trying to get a hold of things. We're trying to to, to, to get our grip, if you will, when really God wants to loosen our grip. It's the opposite of what you think. God wants us to be more pliable, not to be more... Stern, not to be more, not to bow our back and put our shoulders up and say, I cannot be moved. You know, I've heard that said before that, you know, there's some people in church, their theme song are to be, I shall not be moved. You know, you couldn't move them for nothing. You couldn't move them with a tow truck. You couldn't get them to do anything to worship God. But anyhow, but our theme song should be, let me be conformable to his death, let me be pliable. See, I think that's what we need to be. We, Christianity isn't like we always think that it is. We, we can't put God in a box and expect him to work, that he works because he blesses us. It's like, you know, God, if you'll fill me up, I'll splash out and fill everyone else. Sometimes God has to empty us to use us. And, and that's what's interesting about Paul is, but Paul says, I know that I'm made, I'm saved. I know that I'm made perfect, but I still make every effort to take hold of it because I have been taken hold of by Christ. He says, "The reason I'm reaching, the reason I'm trying to take hold of this death, this suffering, the power of his resurrection is because God first got a hold of me." He says, "The love is let me say it this way. The love that Paul saw from Christ changed him to where he could never stop loving Christ." And he says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue the my goal, the prize promised by God in heavenly in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this to you also. In any case, we should live up to whatsoever truth we have attained. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. So he says, join me in imitating this. Do like I'm doing, reaching forward, trying to grasp, knowing that we have salvation, but still reaching and understanding that in this time of suffering, we can be more like him. And he says in verse 18, for I've often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. They are focused on earthly things, but our citizenship is of heaven. and We eagerly await for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. So I think the goal that Paul had that's different than what we seem to reach for many times is our mortal, mortal human beings that we are is he's trying, he's trying to let go. He listen, he's in chains in prison. That was a picture of shame, he, he's waiting, you know, he's basically waiting for the unknown. And I think in America today, we're waiting for the unknown. I mean, I know we're going to look back and talk about this with our grandkids, what the world's going through, and we're going to, we're going to be through this and it's going to be okay. I think if the Lord don't come back first, but the bottom line is no matter what this, this world will burn up one day at the fervent heat. Us, the Christian people of this world, are going to have to learn when uncertain times come, when hardship comes, that we are to become more like him. It's not to be more like we think we should be, but be more like who he says we should be. And that's just my prayer today. My prayer is, God, help me to have fellowship with your sufferings. Remember what Hebrews tells us? He says, We have a high priest that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities some of us are going through difficult times i mean they're talking people laid off they're talking people losing hours kids being pulled out of school getting put into daycares and not enough daycares for the kids to be put in and 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 this economy that's just crumbling around us it's literally happening on a worldwide scale like i've never seen before but friends i got something to tell you that during those times that's when Christians raise up. that's when we raise up and say I am mount. I am among those that will be a part of Christ's sufferings. I will reach, I will take a hold, I will use this to my advantage. I know it sounds almost sadistic in a way to say but you're suffering, but if you're hurting, People are hurting. It's a real thing. And they're hurting all around us and they don't know what to do and they don't know where to go. But friends, it's going to get worse. The Bible talks about in the last days that there will be these times. The Bible says that there will be there'll be money. There'll be, there'll be money bags with holes in their purses and it'll just fall through. It speaks of an inflation or maybe even a depression to where money's not worth anything. It's a horrible time. There's times coming and is it gloom and doom? And I think, oh my goodness, the world's coming to an end. Absolutely not. But I do know this, that in a time of our world like this, God wants to take something and teach us something. He wants to remind us. Paul knew what it was like. Paul said, I beat my body in its subjection that I may not become a castaway or of no use. See, in this time, this is a time we get to exercise our spiritual muscles. This is a time, you know, we prayed, God make me stronger. God make me more humble. God make me a better Christian. But these times come and we waste them. We forget what our goal is. We crumble under the pressure. We forget that God has called us to suffering. God has called us to the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed into his death. I mean, that's a process now. You think about what Paul said. I mean, there's a whole sermon in just verse 10. My goal is to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed unto his death. He's taking, God's taking us, he's taking the clay and he's molding it and he's squeezing it and he's pushing it and he's making it and he's bending it and he's plying it and he's making it again and he's bending it and he's turning it and he's making it and he's got us on his wheel and he's making us. Why? Because he's conforming us unto his death. It's the power of God comes from when we die, not from when we live and when we think we're strong. Otherwise, Paul would have attained it through the law. He did better at the law. He says he did a wonderful job at the law. He attained it. He did everything. He studied. He memorized scripture, four or five books of the Bible. He knew it all, but it was nothing Compared to being conformed to Christ's death, and by the way, Paul never did attain that. He never said, "I'm good. There, I don't need any more work. I'm going to go on to heaven. You know, I'm just going to retire. I'm going to hang my Bible up. I'm going to hang my sermon up. I'm going to hang my chains up." Paul never did it. Paul said, "I press forward." Forgetting those things which are behind. What things was Paul talking about? The things that which are behind were the things that he had done. That he, he, he wasn't trying to forget his sin. I've heard that said this way, that Paul's trying to forget his sin here. It's not his sin here. Paul's trying to forget anything that he's accumulated, any of his blocks that he stacked up high enough and said, I've done something good. He said, I'm going to push all those blocks off the table. I'm going to clear the path, and I'm going to say, God, what do you have for me next? Sure, your failures are in that, praise God. But also all the good things you've done, he says, I've got to push those things away so those blocks don't pile up so high that I can't see that I still have a goal, that I still got to reach, that I still got to do what God's called me to do. And God calls us to the fellowship of his sufferings. Why? That I may reach the resurrection from among the dead. And friends, that is just something I want you to think about, about our goal. And, And I think that if we empty out enough... That if we die enough, we'll die to what? Die to our flesh. Die to how we feel. Die to complaining and griping. And I mean, tell you what, people, I mean, they complain about not being able to get food on the shelves, not being able to get toilet paper on the shelves. I mean, oh, my goodness, I can't believe people are doing this or taking the baby wipes or taking this stuff. And, oh, my goodness, we can't have this. We can't have that. Stop. Stop. All that stuff, all that stuff is just a bonus. We've... Grown so conditioned to such comforts in this world that we forget. Paul didn't have food for days. He was beat. He was starved. He suffered because of Christ. And he said, and James said, Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Count it all joy when you fall under persecution, under hurt. And that, that that's the scripture. But we think, give me this, give me that, give me this. Why don't I have this? Friends, we have everything. We have Christ. Apostle Paul said, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. That's what Paul said. Paul knew where his faith was. He knew where his hope was. He knew what his goal was. And friends, I ask you to consider your goal today. Ask yourself today in these times, what am I reaching for? What am I wanting? What am I trying to get? And I'm not against trying to have comforts. What I am against is not sometimes we're so comfortable we forget that the cross is heavy and the cross is painful and the cross of Christ was shameful. But you know what, friends, it's the most glorious, wonderful thing that we've ever done. And one day we'll get to heaven and he'll say, welcome in, thou good and faithful servant. And our job is to stand up, to be the city on the hill, not to hide our light under a bushel, but to be a city on a hill and say, I am His and he is mine. And the more people we can reach, the more we die to ourselves and to our flesh, the more we can speak and minister and preach and talk to and lift up and serve. Paul found a way to serve the people. And he's writing to the Philippians. He's encouraging them. You know, he's encouraging them through the whole book. He's not rebuking them. He's encouraging them in prison. He's encouraging people that are outside the prison gates that are in a very difficult time and the church is getting ready to be persecuted like never before, but Paul's reaching out and he's saying, I've got still got a mission to do. I want to lift my brothers and sisters up. I'm going to do the best I can do and be all God wants me to be. In spite of the chains, in spite of the fear, you know that Paul laid there at night and the devil knocked on his heart's door and said, Paul, you're going to die. Paul, you're not doing any good. Paul, you don't even have a dollar. You don't even have food. But I wonder if the presence of the Holy Spirit didn't raise up inside of Paul and say, Paul, I love you. Paul, I'm with you. Paul, I'm enough. How about you? How about you in difficult times and in hard times? And I mean, there's been times I've known people with sickness or suffering today that their days are numbered. I know people with financial struggles. There's going to be no easy answer. There's not going to be a payday anytime soon. But what about you? What's your struggles? Is God enough? In this time of struggle, can you look and honestly say that he is enough, that whatever he needs, whatever he wants me to do, however he wants me to conform, I will conform. And I believe this with all my heart, just like when Corey Tinboon, they said, how did you make it, Corey? How did you live through the abuse that you went through? How did you handle being abused and being tortured and being, and, and you reached people for Christ? You were, you were in lockdown and everyone else was dying, but you seemed to be prospering. Corey, how did you do it? She said one thing. She said, I learned how to hold on to things loosely because you learned the principle of Paul. God, help me to let go, not to try to hold on. Because when we let go, when we truly let go with our strength, see, Paul had to learn that principle. He had to learn to let go of his will. When we learn to let go of our will, when we learn to let go of our strength and all that we think is right, I know it sounds opposite, but the truth is when we learn to let go, it's the grace of God that will carry us through. Friends, the grace of God is what will get us through this tough time. The grace of God is what got Paul through the prison times. The grace of God is what got Corrie Ten Boom through her time in the concentration camp. It'll be the grace of God that'll carry us through day to day, line upon line, here a little, there of little, glory to glory. Mercies are new every day. It'll be the grace of God. But it's his strength, not our strength. Friends, I hope this word's been good to you. And until next time, God bless.